Welcome to episode 179 of Podcateers. This week we got together after the Foolish Mortals art show at a local restaurant to record, and I gotta tell you that there was this one group sitting really close to us that they were just so... I'm just gonna say loud. Uh, that's where I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> they they were making it very challenging to record, um, but I will say that I love these kinds of episodes because they kind of make me feel like I'm there again when I'm listening back. Uh, we talked about the opening of the art show, Bob Gurr, California Adventure, Marionettes at Disneyland Paris, and a whole lot more. It was a great conversation with Gavin, Melissa, and Sam. And I hope that you guys enjoy it too. What I'm about to say actually makes me really happy. This episode of Pocketeers is brought to you by Trader Sam's Coffee Company. If you're a frequent listener of the podcast, you know that I love coffee. And I was very happy when this opportunity came up. Trader Sam's themed coffees are bold yet smooth and very flavorful. We recently received an order that we placed and we tried out their peppermint mocha flavor called the happiest brew that ever sailed. This is their seasonal winter roast and it tastes like someone dunked a candy cane into your mocha flavored coffee. Uh, If you like black coffee like I do, I can tell you that these flavored coffees are not your run-of-the-mill roasts. The essence of the flavors are there, but it doesn't compromise that great coffee taste. Uh, If you want to give them a try, the folks at Trader Sam's Coffee Company are offering our listeners a 20% discount on your first order. Uh, That way you can try a specific flavor or maybe try one of the sampler packs. Just use the code POD20 during checkout for your discount and let Trader Sam's Coffee help you brew your happy place. Oh yeah, and I almost forgot. If you're not following us or Trader Sam's Coffee on social media, make sure that you do. We're going to be posting some info for an opportunity very soon to win some free coffee. So make sure that you're following at Trader Sam's Coffee on Instagram. And of course, us, we're at Podcateers. Other social links will be in the blog post for the episode over at podcateers.com slash 179. We'd like to thank Trader Sam's for their support and for hooking us up with these goodies to give away to some of you. Another big thank you goes out to all of our fairy godparents for their support. If you would like to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 per month or even a one-time contribution by going to podcateers.com and clicking on the Patreon logo or by going to patreon.com slash podcateers. Plus, if you sign up for a contribution of at least $5 a month, you will get the exclusive fairy godparent button as a thank you for your support. Finally, a quick reminder that when you do your holiday shopping this season, make sure that you start by going to podcateers.com slash Amazon. Once you are there, you can click on the big Amazon button and that'll take you to Amazon using our link, which will give us a small commission from your next purchase. And to everyone that's doing that, thank you guys for that support. Uh, I already mentioned Instagram, but if you're looking for us on any of the other social networks, including YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, just search for Podcateers. And that is it for this intro. Uh, As usual, thank you all very, very much for listening. A big thank you to Sam, Melissa, and Gavin for staying up super late with me uh, to record this week. And uh, thank you to Trader Sam's Coffee for helping us out and sponsoring this episode. So, 
Uh, it's time to start the podcast. <laughs> this is episode 179 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. I guess we should start off by telling everybody that we're sitting at Denny's in Anaheim, California, after the Foolish Mortals show at Pop Comics. Uh, I'm sitting at a booth that I barely fit in, apparently, with Gavin, Melissa, and Sam Carter. How's it going, everybody? Awesome. Great. All right. Did you guys guys, uh, feel good after what you guys ate? Yeah. Yeah. I might be hurting later, but I'm satisfied now. <laughs> yeah. You full? As long as I don't throw more of your food away that you didn't finish. All right. That was bad. <laughs> you got jacked. I can't believe that they just didn't even ask. They just threw it away. Well, we are going to sit here, enjoy some more coffee, have some conversations about one, Gavin, you're on this weird turnaround trip right now yep. where... Tell us a little bit about how this entire day has gone for you so far. Well, it's been pretty much all travel. Um, it's a micro tri- trip, but it's an epic journey at the same time. I basically left uh, my apartment at 2.30 a.m. California time. And it's now, what time is it? Are we after midnight? Uh, we are past midnight, yeah. yeah. So we're almost at 12.30 p.m. California time. Or a.m. So you all can do the math. I can't do the math. It's we're artists. Too long. We don't do math. Yeah. yeah. And then my flight leaves at 8.30 a.m. in the morning. Wow. Well, we truly Somebody appreciate. Thank you. Hi. Thank you Thank so you. much. Like I said, we're at a Denny's, so we're getting another order of these little hush puppy pancakes. Yes. Yes, please. Thank you so much. So, yeah, so we're, we're sitting here just kind of having our food and everything and just talking a little bit about the show. Sam, from a curator standpoint, how would you say this show went? Well... Nothing exploded, no one died, and no one got shot, so it's a success. You've had something explode? Just my brain. Okay. No, that's, I get that. And I need a, I definitely need a Denny's type of place to unwind and think about it, because like, when you guys asked me, I wasn't even sure how it went, because it's a blur, but uh, I saw a lot of smiling faces, there was a lot of nerd talk, um, people really enjoyed it. We had artists fly from across the country to be there. <laughs> Uh, it was it was awesome. Um, we have people there to document it because when I'm when I'm working a show like that, I don't get a chance to really mingle and, and, and meet everyone. But there's some good documentation, so it's, it's nice that I always, I always forget to do that. So I love seeing right. other people do that. Yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. You know, I think uh, from the curator standpoint, you know, we've talked a little bit about how I used to do the Covina Art Walk. I started off doing the La Puente Art Walk. Uh, which is where I met Bob Gurr, by the way. We did a show there that had Bob and Margaret Carey. Uh, Terry Harding was there. Mark uh, Silverman was there. Uh, Matt and Brian McKim were there. You know, and it was just this giant panel of, of Disney people. Um, but you know, let, let's talk a little bit about the special guest, Bob Gurr. Uh, 
It was your first time meeting Bob, right? Yes, it was the first time I met Bob, and he is just as delightful as he comes across in all the films. <laughs> and, <laughs> He's right? the real deal. Yeah, he, he is, and you can tell what made him successful, and, you know, he just has this kind of boundless energy and... And interest in how things work. Like when you handed him that tube, he immediately started to look at it and dissect oh, how it works and genius. pulled off the yeah. lid. And he, he just wanted to know how it was made, and that's what made him, you know, so amazing. Did you hear the story he was telling about? Because uh, I asked him, like, hey, what did you ever do at Knott's? Because I saw him doing something over there, and he's like, actually, I've never worked for Knott's. But they asked, Knott's asked him to be a part of the um, Iron Reef opening. Did you hear that story? Uh, I just heard the tail end of it. Well, he said, he said they wanted some Disney guy to kind of help give him some clout. And I'm like, that's kind of funny, right? <laughs> and then he uh, started talking about how, he's like, but I'll, I'm not going to just speak highly of the ride. I want to look under the hood. And he actually, so he got a little tour of the ride. And he walked around it. He, he laid on the floor and started looking underneath the ride vehicles. And he was opening, like, the door on how the ride vehicle works and how it's built. That's awesome. And then, the workers that built the ride, they're like, oh my god, Bob is flying on the ground and he's, he's getting into the ride vehicle to figure out how it works. I just love how his brain works. I'm, yeah. I could only be so lucky to be as, as awesome as him. Yeah, that's amazing. And like you said, he's a genius, but he doesn't really... He's modest. Yeah, he's very modest. I told modest. him, like, you're a legend. He's like, no, well, I guess. Yeah. That's the one thing I love about him today. He was just chilling. Happy to be there. Yeah, he was just happy to talk to anyone. Content. Yeah. Um, you know, he was. How old is he? Late eighties, I want to say. Awesome. Yeah. He is, and you know, it's so weird because not even, and outside of the Disney community, you know, because I'm sure that there are some in the Disney community, but uh, outside of the Disney community, I know a lot of people that have done far less and have a much bigger head than Bob does. But he remembers everything. That's, isn't it crazy? Like, like you just mentioned it, because I, I said something about King Kong, and he's like, he went like straight back to the day it was built, and he knows everything about it still. Yeah, he's so passionate about what he does that you can tell in not just the work that he does and even the consulting that he does now when he talks to people that are building uh, attractions now, but just uh, when he talks about it, you can hear the passion in his voice and you can tell that he misses it. You know, you could tell that uh, even though he's retired and, you know, he gets to relive it. He gets to relive it, it. exactly. And I love that because I think as Disney nerds, uh, sometimes we love hearing the how did you build it or why did you build it. But, you know, with his DVD, he had copies of his brand new DVD uh, there that he did with Apehem Productions. You know, he talks about how everything was built, you know, the thinking process behind everything, what actually led to these attractions. And I think for people that have never had a chance to interact with Bob, it's a wonderful insight into how his brain works. He's such a complex man and yet so simple all at the same time. And it shows why those rides are still working. Uh Uh-huh. Right. And it shows why some of the rides that were built without him maybe yeah. aren't working so well. Yeah. And back in the day when I first met him, uh, I met him through his, his uh, Main Street USA window uh, dedication ceremony. And it was right around the time the new monorails came out. And I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remember, but they weren't working. There was no AC. There were all these issues with it. And he, 
in the most charming way possible. He, he, told, he told me that. He's like, well, I designed those things by myself without a computer like 30 years, like, you know, 40 or 50 years ago. And these people have an army of people, all the computers in the world, and they got it wrong. Yeah. Like, he's like, and it's like, there's pride, and it, it, it's not boasting, but it's just like the facts. Yeah. It's just really, and it just shows, like, that generation, how they got it right. Yeah. You know, when uh, I had a chance to talk to him, I was doing my best, my best to vlog while I was there. And, you know, one of my biggest challenges, like you said, documenting things, is that uh, I get a little ambitious, and I carry both the vlogging camera and my regular camera, and then at some point, one takes control, and one thing doesn't get done. And unfortunately, because I love photography so much, the vlogs usually suffer. Yeah. And, uh, you need to clone yourself. I, oh, man, you have no idea. And so uh, I'm glad that I had a chance to talk to Bob a little bit because he was telling us about the DVD and everything. And that was one of the things that stood out to me, how he said, you know, back in the day, you know, I was the one in control of the design, the implementation. I was overseeing the engineers that were building it. So from start to finish, I was involved with every single thing. And he talked a little bit about how these days there's there's teams of people that are each given tasks, but for some reason those tasks never remeld back together. They don't talk to each other. They don't. Silos of knowledge. Yeah, Yeah. and everybody has great ideas, but when they don't go, they go towards a common goal, but they never fully fit together. And it sounds like they don't trust each other either. Like they're really separated. Yeah. WD, it's, it's sad, but WDI is a different place than yeah. it was then, mm-hmm. and there's, I think they're still in a state of flux. Now, has, has anybody seen this documentary yet? Is no. It, is it brand new? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it yet. I know that... We should do a review of it once we all watch it. Yeah, I know that it's been in the making for some time. Uh-huh. A couple of years ago, I remember... Do you guys remember when Monty, the monorail, was at uh, Carrollwood? Yeah. Okay, so I remember going and meeting up with Bob, and we were chatting about the monorails and everything, and uh, he was telling me how he was just so excited because he had just gotten a brand new Canon camera. And he was telling me, yeah, I got this brand new camera, and I'm, like, experimenting with videos and all this other stuff. He was so psyched. Like, one thing you may not know about Bob Gurr is that he's such a camera nerd. And I think that's one of the levels that that I I can relate relate, to him. Uh, He's such a camera nerd, video and photography. He's such a good photographer. I don't think a lot of people know that, you know, Bob is is a big car guy. You know, he loves cars. He loves designing cars. But for a long time, he was a photographer for, like, car magazines. Like, he actually did this, you know, for a big part of his life. And so he loves photography. And I remember just, it was like watching a little kid, man, just so excited about having this new toy that he was learning how to use and play with. And so I asked him, you know, uh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's it's that passion that that keeps him going. Yeah. Because I think a lot of folks his age don't have anything that really drive him like that. And they kind of, their minds fade. His, his mind is still propelling Yeah. Like, he, I feel like he can still do all that stuff that he was back in the day. Like, it's amazing. His mind and his body. Yeah. Yeah. I feel he's so much sharper than, like, 
Maybe even us. <laughs> I, I looked it up and he's 86, so that's impressive. Yeah. So here's an idea. You talk, talked about maybe doing a, a review of the video. How about a, a director commentary with him? Ooh. Oh, man. If he would agree to that, <laughs> I would be so happy. That would be amazing. Yeah. I asked him about coming on the podcast. Uh, if you guys are new to the podcast, we actually had Bob Gurr uh, very early on in the podcast. He was episode number 50. So if you guys want to go back and check that out, it was a wonderful hour-long chat that I wish would have lasted longer, but he had reservations for a dinner thing that he was going to. Uh, this was way back when Disneyland was celebrating its 60th anniversary, and uh, it was one of the most memorable times that I've ever had at Disneyland. Yeah, I definitely recommend that you guys check that out, but I would love to have him on again just to kind of dissect his brain. And There were so many questions I wanted to ask him that you just can't ask in an hour. Like, how do you take, you know, a career that spans so many years and try to compress Where it down to start? an hour? It's like yeah. when you see the guy, you're like, there's so much I want to ask you. Yeah. Right. And then there's layers I mean, underneath You can do an yeah. hour just on vehicles just from Tomorrowland. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, speaking of Tomorrowland, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sidebar for a second. <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, this new Star Tours thing? Uh-uh. I saw it on YouTube. I cheated. Saw you it. cheated? What, what oh, I couldn't dude. wait. So Star Tours got a brand new video. Okay. I mean, it, it has a new, you know, adventure. Oh, I can't call okay. it a video. It's from a new, new adventure. From the last Jedi? Yeah. Oh, so they already released it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's publicity for the movie. They, okay. I kind of yawned when I heard about it. So I'm like, yeah, it was almost too expected. Like, yeah, yeah, they're going, they're advertising the next movie. That's cool. And then the new planet with the red minerals that kind of come out. But it's the other part that like made me go, wow. It's the ending. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys a five-second head start spoiler. to fast-forward ten seconds if you don't want to hear the spoiler. I wish I didn't hear that first. Cause, but everyone's yapping about it, so I don't think it would have been possible for me to experience it on the ride the first time. Like, someone would have spoiled it. Okay. I can't believe I haven't heard about that. Me neither. I haven't. Well, it's from, it's from yesterday. What? Oh. Well, then maybe we don't want to spoil it oh, for them. Oh, I don't care. I personally don't care. Cause How do you feel? Because I don't want to spoil it You're going to hear what, about it What's it, What's it going to spoil? The ride or the movie? Well, take a guess. No, not not the movie. Oh, then I don't care. Yeah. You don't care? Okay. Well, what, okay. Any guesses? Yeah, yeah, let's go that. No, if you have any I guesses, it, it is a surprise ending. So think of the current uh, Star Tours uh, adventures, right? Right. Think of how you take off, you go on an adventure, and then you kind of land back on the main ship, So spaceport. Right? Yeah. So you get captured instead. It's yeah. just... Spill it. Okay. So here you go, okay? This is your warning. I'm going to spoil something in three, two, one. At the end of the video, you end up landing in Galaxy's Edge. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I kind of like that. It's really cool. I kind of like that. It ties the park together. Yeah. And I think that's a good indication that they're not going to get rid of Star Tours, which is a lot of people's fear. Okay. I think it's going. You do? I, I, I think it is. You think and it's going to be Iron Man? And I hope it is. Oh, I hope it'll be Iron, Iron Man. Man. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, it, they would move, I think they would move it to DCA for the little Marvel Land. Uh, but it has I to be. It's it not going to be a clone. No. It's good. It's so 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 good. It is, but from <clears throat> what I heard is the reason that it would go is that the Millennium Falcon ride it puts it to shame. Like when you kind of compare oh, is it the, the same yeah. type of ride, but kind mission, of Mission Space meets Star okay. Tours. Yeah. But I heard it's so much like 
so much better that it just kind of makes Star Tours look not that great. Yeah, I get that. Like, I picture piloting Star Tours. Like, uh, and now you can't pilot. You just kind of watch the video. Yeah. I don't know. It just has so much character. And it uh, the theming and everything in that attraction Here's, just captures Star Wars I, would, so I know well. I'd miss it. My thought is this. Picture you had, okay, right now, say for example, you have a Splash Mountain ride in Critter Country. But if you had like another Song of the South thing on the other side of the park, it makes zero sense. Agreed. You have an IP land on one side of the park, why would you have that IP anywhere else but that? Yeah. They're forced to move Star Tours. But the fans love Star Tours, they don't want to say goodbye, but. You have Star Wars land now, so I think right. that's going to be the give and take. And once it opens, everyone's going to probably forget about Star Tours, which I see happening because Man, of all I'm the new like stuff. Like the first four months of Star Wars land is open, my four years, where you're not going to be able to touch it with a ten foot pole. So you is it going to be a special ticket? You can just ticket? walk right on Star Tours, though. <laughs> yes, that I can see. And finally, like maybe Peter Pan. Right. You know, I, I kind of before they announced like the, a Marvel land for DCA, I was. I, I love Guardians, but I never thought we would lose Tower of Terror over it. But right. just to note, I love the new Guardians ride, and I thought I was going to hate it, but I love it. But I'm glad you gave it a chance because I remember I when we to. first talked I about it. I was so you were against about it. it, yeah, oh, big time. But my 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 <clears throat> thought was before we knew about this Marvel Land, I thought Guardians would have been a great replacement for Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But if they're going to really have that. a Marvel land at DCA, then okay, well, that changes things. But I could have really seen, uh, you know, a Tony Stark type of expo thing there. I could have yeah. seen, like, the Guardians right there using the same ride system. I just, it just makes sense in Tomorrowland, where yeah. it doesn't, right, right now, it really doesn't make sense in Hollywood. In the right. Well, the well, Iron Man experience still fixes that, it, too. Yeah. Yeah. The Iron Man experience is what's currently in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's which is very it's built, on, Hong it's Kong, built on the Star Tours platform, right? right. I mean, which should have been called thing. Stark Tours. Ah. But, yeah. <laughs> but the, if you watch a video of the Iron Man ride, it's we can't get that in California because they fly to Hong Kong. Like it's right. they're in downtown Hong Kong, right. destroying the city. They and I don't think they should necessarily do that here. Like, what are they going to do? Fly to downtown LA? Kind of breaks the whole illusion. Like it just it's, it's almost too real at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think because of the world that we're currently living in, I think that's what makes it scary, that it would make it a little too real, right? Yeah. Uh, I think if, if it was any other time, you know, considering some of the things that have happened in the world, uh, I think it would have been more accepted if that was the case. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, that one ride wouldn't make sense if there was one across like Song of the South, but it's kind of happening with Astro Blasters and Midway Mania right now. <laughs> the fact that we're getting Pixar yeah. Pier and Astro Blasters is in Tomorrowland, it's kind of happening now. Well, if they really want to, like, have special lands just for, like, these properties, then, but then you have... Yeah, you're right. Well, I think Buzz needs to go anyway. Like, we were talking about this earlier, how you have... First of all, the Disneyland Resort has two... Toy Story rides. They're both shoot 'em up rides, and the futuristic one isn't even in Tomorrowland. Yeah, it's in an old timey pier. Yeah, I don't think we need two Toy Story rides. So right. lose Buzz. I think Buzz should get a stitch overlay that fits Tomorrowland. I don't think the toys ever really fit Tomorrowland. Right, I and agree. Especially if you have a Pixar pier now, like great. Yeah. But you know, it's great because you have Cars Land next to Pixar pier. Fine. I think they should probably also move Turtle Talk over there if they can. 
I think Mimo's gonna go away eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you like it? I'm glad the subs came back for it. Yeah, it's, it's nice, but I I don't know. I, it's it's such a slow loader. It's, it's always been. Yeah. yeah, you can't avoid that. Well, this is cool. I was talking to Bob today about because since he worked on the subs and he worked on right. Florida subs, I told him when when the '98 Tomorrowland remodel happened, and I knew it was having a Jules Verne vibe. And I know that Florida was getting rid of theirs. I'm like, I thought for sure they would move the subs from Florida here. Yeah. But, but then he explained, he's like, well, actually, different size track, it wouldn't work. Uh, and I'm like, yeah. I just They'd love that he knew make that. new ones, yeah. yeah. Like, who else would you talk to about that? Right. Yeah, I mean, the subs are just not comfortable to even be in. They're so, yeah. I, I get in there and it's so claustrophobic. I, and I'm not, you know, a person that is uh, fearful of small enclosed places, but... For some reason, the subs, man, I just feel like I'm running out of air and I just need to get out as did quickly you, as possible. Did you ever hear there's a concept when, you know, it's gone for like a decade, right? Yeah, it, wasn't yeah. a, it was just a lagoon. Right. There was a concept that was loosely based off Alien Encounter, but it was like a subs kind of thing where it was supposed to be like scary and playing off with the whole enclosed space. And part of it was supposed to have like fiber optic cracks in the sub and then water starts squirting on your leg. People would have lost their minds. Nice. Yeah, that would have freaked people out. <laughs> yeah. That's maybe, awesome. maybe, maybe drowning isn't really like the happiest place on earth. Yeah. Yeah, that is so I mean, unlike Disney, though. Yeah. That would have closed within the first month or two. People yeah. would have freaked out. Yeah. And I think ultimately they what they did with the Nemo version of it is it's pretty beautiful, but I don't I don't it's find just, it compelling enough. Yeah, I don't find it compelling enough to go back to time and time again. No, it's not a repeat attraction. Right. So But rather than filling it up with a with dirt, I'm glad they didn't. Right. I agree with it that. Could've, it could have been like Florida easily. Yeah. Absolutely. But I feel like it takes up so much room oh. and that with Autopia and Intervention is a huge piece of real estate there that could really bring Tomorrowland well, that was into when, the future. Before they decided on doing the new uh, Galaxy's Edge, right, that was they were figuring be, out how to do Star, Star Wars. Wars. Make Tomorrowland was going to be that. Yeah. And I, they had, I they think had they were going to park spear. the Millennium Falcon up on top of the rocket where the right. rocket jets used to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're going to use the sub area, the Ethiopia area, yeah. dimensions for, for that. And I heard stuff. that they had the concept for a speeder ride through the forest of Endor in that area. Well, that was that. I think the concept for that was in the back, where where the Fantasia Gardens is. Yeah. So Fantasia Gardens used to be the entrance to that little boat ride that they used yeah. to have, and that's where the speeder ride would have gone. Yeah. So that's all of that real estate is still available as well. That's true. And I mean, considering that they get rid of backstage areas all the time, there's a whole but where they have the agriculture stuff in the back. Yeah. There's a whole area back there that you could have used to expand which you don't need all of it for the train you just rerouted a little bit they were already in the process of doing it but I guess getting rid of uh, Circle D and getting rid of the horses and all that all those offices in the back was easier yeah I guess you know before they announced Galaxy's Edge and we knew that they're working on the Star Wars area. Can I can I cut in real quick? You're the only person I know that calls it Galaxy's Edge. Wrong. Everybody else. Calls I correct it Star you guys Wars all the time. I like. Yeah. I, I, I correct you guys all the time. I didn't notice. I didn't but what, notice. I, what I mean by that is when, when we when they announced what it was, like this planet right. we've never been to, I was kind of like, huh? 
I just assumed and hoped that, okay, well, obviously Florida's going to get one, we're going to get one. I thought there'd be three planets representative at ours here, and maybe a different three planets represented in Florida. Right. The same rides, but, like, the outside experience is different to give you a reason to go to both. Right. Like, and I just pictured, like, okay, well, of course they would make Endor out of the festival arena, because you have all these 60-year-old trees back there. And that's a perfect blend from Frontierland to Endor. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you turn the corner, then you're in Hoth, and you turn the corner, and you're in Tatooine. When I, when I heard that it was, like, a planet we'd never been to, I, I kind of thought that was a little lame. Because when you think about Harry Potter, you're like, oh, I want to go see this place I've always wanted to see. Yeah. And now you have these Star Wars nerds that have been waiting since 77 to go experience a place they've never heard. Yeah. And, but I get the reason, I've heard reasons why they did that, but part of me is like, I just hope they don't miss a boat. I mean, people are going to line up for miles anyway. Right. But I think that, I think they would have lined up even more if it was like, oh, I finally got to go see Hawk. I finally got to go see Yeah. yeah. A planet, but I get it. They bought Star Wars. They have a hundred more movies on deck. They're focused on that, right? But I'm a little disappointed. I think, I think the difference there is the type of placemaking that they do in a series like Harry Potter is very different than that which they do in Star Wars, because you're just talking about basically landscape planets. You know, like you say, hot. It's not really a destination. So like, it would just be it's snow ice. cover or yeah, ice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas you take Hogsmeade, and that's a quantifiable location that you can actually map out, and you can have the actual locations that are talked about. There's not a whole lot of examples of that in the Star Wars universe, and what they do is they planet hop, you know, from like Star Tours does, where it's like desert planet, forest planet, snow planet, whatever. And so the idea that they're just giving us another planet tracks for me. Like, that just kind of makes sense, because I see that as kind of the Star Wars that's kind model. Of yeah, that's kind of what they do. And, you know, telling us that it's part of canon kind of gives it some weight. Well, so since it's so it's so clearly, like, the, the current trilogy, mm -hmm. does that mean we're not going to see Darth Vader? Like, there's some, like, things yeah, you know. really have to see. And are you going to see Han Solo at all? Like, is it going to be... It has to be the old one, but... What part of the trilogy is it? Right. Has, spoiler alert, is he dead yet? No. <laughs> it's a good question. All of these are good questions. So, the the new planet that you guys are talking about, that Galaxy's Edge What's is going to be based on, is Batu. Okay. So, Batu is the planet, and I totally get what Gavin is saying here, where they planet hop so much in the movies, and it's not just in the films, it happens in Rebels. You know, the animated series and in the books. Well, Rogue One, how many planets did they go to? Like 10? Yeah, there was yeah. at least 280 in Rogue One. Like, every time they switched scenes, there was a brand new planet name at the bottom. So I totally understand what you guys, you know, what you're saying. Uh, and the, the basis of the new planet... To C-3PO and everybody that's involved, uh, they're, they know this planet. You know, it's not foreign to them, it's foreign to us. Right. So the story is that they've already been there and they know it and it's familiar, which is why they're comfortable being there. But did, did you see the video? Have you seen the, the end of it? I mean, I wish I didn't watch it, but... No. C-3PO says something about what, right when you get to that, that new... New planet, like oh, there, there's sure to be many adventures had here. Some like mm -hmm. nod to like, yeah, this is the new Star Wars. Like, like it's, it's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, nice. That, that's exciting, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know that at least, like you said, four months, but I think you're giving them a lot of credit to be able to push people through. I think it's going to be a good two years. Well, it's going to be crowded, but I'm saying, like, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing an F ticket attraction. <laughs> F that line. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be hard, hard to, hard to get into and really experience for a long time. Well, they're going to, yeah. they're going to be selling like how they sold that preview night for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, sure. it's that for like months probably. I, since it has kind of a, a limited access point, I wonder if they're going to have a maximum capacity for that land itself. Maybe yeah. it's, it's probably going to be a fast pass for the land. That would interesting. be interesting. Harry Potter did it. Oh, really? I think so, at Islands. Well, oh, yeah. they did. Well, they did the same thing here for some time because we went to Hogsmeade and in order to get in, you had to get like a type of fast pass. If you were in, you could basically stay there the entire day. They didn't kick anybody out. But in order to even walk in, you required that fast pass thing. It would be interesting if Disney did the same thing with Galaxy's Edge. I, I think that would anger a lot of people, though. Not me. I'd be for it. If it's going to help with the, the crop control, you know, Disney, do what you're going to do. Because it's going to be nuts. Oh, it is. But it would be one of those things where if you got there halfway through the day, fast passes might be gone, right? Right. Or max pass. I mean, if you are on resort property or you're on Disney Wi-Fi, you're staying in one of the hotels, you could just buy max pass, which yeah. means that before you even make it onto the resort, MaxPass already filled up all the fast passes for the day. You see, so people that aren't on the resort don't even have a chance if the entire land is fast pass based. So do you really want to alienate everybody that's coming? What about the people that are coming on vacation? Most likely they'll stay on the resort, but what if they don't? Do you really want to anger those people? Right. They'll say you should have bought that special ticket. <laughs> but <laughs> what if you're not on property, though? Yeah. Well, here's, here's what I'm trying to figure out. The whole Marvel Land is supposed to, like, bring people away and bring balance to the resort, right? That was the whole point of right. pushing Marvel at DCA. Opposite end. Which is what Cars Land did for a while. For sure. Yeah. yeah. But when you have something like Star Wars Land, and now they're trying to do the Marvel Land to kind of bring people over there, when are they going to start that? Like, yeah, and it needs to be a full-on land if it wants to compete with Star Wars. For sure. And, like, at D23, they talked about, uh, what, a Spidey ride and an Avengers ride, I thought? Well, they didn't say ride or attraction. They said a Spider-Man experience. experience. So we don't know what that means. Well, we saw the patent. Yeah, the oh, patent was really true. cool. Yeah. Well, we're assuming that's Spider-Man. It's, it's, well, it, it did mention Spidey in the thing. It also said Tarzan, yeah. but yeah. they're not going to do that. <laughs> but I heard that rumor that the Captain America ride was going to be like the Tron. I'm like, that just sounds like horse crap. Like, like, how does Tron that? Because he ha- yeah, like, oh, he happened to ride a motorcycle, so now it's going to be a. You hop on shields and, like, he's thrown you? <laughs> it's garbage. So, <laughs> I agree. It's so bad. So, uh, let's say that we retheme all of the backlots. You know, we've already lost so many things in the backlot. Uh, Bye, monsters. You know, yes, Monsters, yes. Inc. is obviously the next one to go, right? Well, Pixar well, Pier. Pixar Pier, exactly. Uh, I think it was one or two weeks ago we talked about yeah. how it would make sense if... Oh, it was the episode that you yeah. uh, co-hosted where we, we thought it would be a good idea if you got rid of all the Midway games. Not Midway Mania, but the crappy games on the side. That you have to pay expanded, extra for. Right. That you expanded towards the back route in California Adventure. And then you moved Monsters, Inc., but you upgraded it with some kind of VR 
our experience. Well, how about like Tokyo's? Oh, yeah. The ride and go see. Yes. That would be a perfect thing to put there because, one, you're bringing better tech into it. It it has better sustainability because you don't have to worry about uh, the ride mechanics breaking down as much, right? Uh, and it's something brand new. More importantly, I think that's what that area needs. Absolutely. I, and I have a feeling that... They're talking about an Avengers ride. We've been hearing about that for a while. Mm -hmm. That has to use the Kuka arm, I would assume, right? Like, if they they keep trying to one-up each other with Universal and Disney, I would think that they, like, are doing the next thing up. Like, what's the next version of that? Like, how do you beat Harry Potter? You know, Cars Land was great, but it's still test-track technology. Like, how do you one-up Harry Potter? They still haven't done it. Yeah. So... If they're going to try to do it with Avengers, which I would assume they would, um, I, I just see that, and I see that going where Monsters is, and I don't know how far back they could, if they could still plan for the, the bus turnaround area, or if, if the whole Eastern Gateway thing fell, fell apart. Does that mean they can't? Well, it's already done. Well, and they've that's got why so they're moving more. it to where the parking structure is. That's why they're building up that entire area. Yeah. And they've got so much area there, too, with that, what is it, stage 17 that they yeah. only sometimes use for things? Well, there's a lot of events that happen, and they make a lot of money. Oh, that there space. are? Yeah, but I think I think they make more money by having a Marvel area. Yeah, sure, sure. But then if, if they have an Avengers ride, a Spidey ride, and Guardians, and maybe move Star Tours over there, is an Iron Man thing, that's yeah. a solid Marvel land. But I don't think they should totally lose the whole Hollywood element, because... I, what I have to assume they're going to do is figure out a way to make it, have it make sense. Like, you have the red car, you have Hollywood. There's going to be some, some decision made to make either a blend or an appropriate Marvel home. Right. I just don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to be, to be sure. Because the red car going in front of Guardians is terrible. And, and I know yeah, it's uh, kind of a weird... It's going to be addressed eventually, but for, until we know what they're going to do, it's just kind of like... What is this? And then, what are you going to have frozen in the middle of Marvel Land 2? Like, what are they going to do with the Hyperion? Yeah, I agree. Kind of bones me out that the Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark show takes a bat. Because if they could do a version of that in the Hyperion, that'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, but I thought that a lot of the original speculation was that they weren't going to go towards Hollywood Land, but they were going to go more towards... Bugs Land, and maybe in that back lot area behind that and behind Cars Land. I heard it's as and it's down by Monsters. So then you definitely have... Oh, okay. It's the whole east side of the park, basically. Okay. But with the, the Hyperion Theater in the middle of it. Right. Which is... Does that mean you have to have a Marvel-themed show in there? I hope not. Well, do, no we, do we need to keep that theater? I think so, because I think the Fantasyland Theater's days are numbered, and... It's kind of awesome for the resort to have a Broadway style theater. So maybe yeah, you but build what if you make it Broadway? Fantasy. It doesn't have to stay Hyperion. The Avengers is based out of New York, and I think I mentioned this one time before. Where just make it a Broadway strip and make it New York back there. So basically, Buena Vista Street and where the Ark is, you basically walk right into New York. Yeah. I would like that, Well, yeah. they'll have a Stark Tower, I'm sure, right? Oh, I sure damn hope so. <laughs> yeah. I okay. So here's another You guys know California. I'm an Iron Man fan, right? Yeah. So you have another piece of California going away. How long till they change the name? Oh, I don't think it's going to last this California adventure. Yeah. The only Honestly, I think it's dropping. 
uh, honestly, if, if they change the name of the park, which I think will happen in the next five years. Pacific War. Yeah, uh, for now. Yeah. Uh, I think Pixar War. Until it's Sand of Big Hero 6 or something. Right, exactly. Well, I, I San Francisco see, this War. is all we keep talking about, man. I know. That, that area, because it's San Francisco, San Francisco. Like, plus, forget about putting Inside Out on Pixar Pier. Move it to where the, you know, the, the wharf is. Pixar, uh, Inside Out takes place in San Francisco. Yeah. Make yes, that part true. of the Inside Out, Brilliant. like, portion of it. So how do they squeeze the IP in the grizzly? Oh, you can do <laughs> it. We, we, we'll find Turn a way. Turn it into Brave Land. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but it makes sense, I just right? Up in my mouth. But it, but it makes sense. See, the thing is that uh, I think what we were talking about, Gavin, was that they're, they're creating this weird synergy between Bugs Land, an IP that's Pixar, Cars Land, a Pixar IP, and then it breaks apart with the war, and then all of a sudden you're going to have all these Pixar properties on the pier again. Right, it makes sense to retheme the war and just make it this one giant Pixar strip. Then it converts to Marvel, where the tower is, or maybe even get rid of Bugsland. I mean, seriously, I mean, I think that it was a band aid for when people. The biggest complaint was there's nothing for kids to do. Right. So they're like, all right, well, here's three little kitty rides. But see, maybe Bugsland just needs to go, and they'll finish expanding. Right. Well, the Inside Out ride at the Pixar here looks like Flix Files. Yeah, where Malibu used to be. I heard that they want to call it Mood Swings. I, I kind of like that. Is it really? <laughs> I haven't heard that. Yet. I forget where I read that. Right, oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the idea of um, of retheming the war, making it all Pixar, and then breaking apart that back section of the park, making it all New York, so that you have uh, the Avengers, you have Spider-Man also in, in the New York area, you get your Spidey ride, you get your Avengers attraction, you can do your meet and greet, convert the Hyperion to a Broadway strip, you know, you still have a theater. So that any show could be there. Exactly. You I'm going to build a lobby with some bathrooms. The what? Yes. It, it doesn't have any bathrooms or a lobby. Yeah, oh, you could do that. Yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but uh, I think I was talking about the name of the park that <clears throat> I think, if anything, they'll just drop to California and they'll just call it Disney's Adventure. Could they call the park Hollywood Land? I don't think so. All I don't think it would make sense. But it wouldn't make sense because I think when people think Hollywood Land, they think Hollywood, California. Not even Hollywood, Florida. Maybe. What's in Hollywood, Florida? Excellent question. Condos? Probably. <laughs> retirees. Yeah, retirees. So, yeah, I think, if anything, they'll probably... I don't know if they're going to renegotiate a contract where they can start using the name Marvel in the attractions or in any of the posters. I thought that was just east of the Mississippi. That's why I was surprised they can't do it for Guardians. It doesn't say Marvel anywhere. Uh, and, and does no, that mean they can't it, have Marvel in the land name? They can't have Marvel anything in, in, because in the advertising. Because of the yeah. They didn't handle that. Yeah. So I, uh, across the Mississippi, they can't have the attractions, which I think that's why they're... It's the Guardians this, is it's a loophole. really weird they loophole with Guardians. Right. Well, here's the thing. Guardians is a loophole right now, but as of Infinity War, 
the Guardians are technically Avengers. That can't hold up you know? in the contracts. I mean, dude. That's ridiculous. They got some lawyers. They'll figure out how to get around. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's weird. I'm glad that we have that. I hope they find a way to bring that here. But as far as the name change, I think they're just going to drop the California. And it's just going to be like Disney's Adventure Park. So generic. Yeah. Well, I mean, what would you call it? To be fair, Disneyland is pretty generic. <laughs> it's just synonymous with this amazing place. Which, That's true. Which makes me think of how cool it is in Tokyo. Like, it, it hit me, like, way after the fact, but the fact that Tokyo has Disneyland, Disney Sea, like, land, sea, yeah. like the whole yin yang. That is cool. That's amazing. Like, that, that really balance cool. is pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And it, it made me even think of, like, what Disneyland really means. I'm like, this is pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, well, I think I'm going to toss that question out to the listeners. If in the next five to, let's say, ten years, let's give them a, a decade, right? If California Adventure was to change its name from Disney's California Adventure and everything is going to be Marvel and Pixar themed, what would you call the park? I know I'm, I'm seeing faces right now. It doesn't look like everybody's happy about the change. I mean, look, it's coming. It's inevitable. I'm just trying to like not laugh because all I can think of is Pixar and Company. No. <laughs> It'd be a name that has to do with movies. Yeah. yeah. So, something that just wraps up Pixar, Marvel, and whatever movie they end up squeezing in the Grizzly and in uh, the Condor Flats area. <laughs> Man. And why is it Humphrey and Grizzly Peak? Give me a break. That makes sense. And Ranger Woodlore, like, make some costumes and have them go pick up some trash over there. Yes! <laughs> yes! It's a given. That would be so funny. He could sing the little song and everything. In the bag. Yeah. Come on. Oh, my God. Disney, get on that. Uh, Okay. Well, we're we're kind of reaching the hour mark here, and I hope that you guys can hear us okay, because there is all sorts of noise in the background. There are some people here from the party who apparently came to Denny's because they've had a little too much to drink. So, you know, I think they're trying to regulate right now. Uh, but I, I did want to talk to you guys about something that we posted on the Instagram account this last week. And I, I, I feel like I need to see this at Disneyland. The Miguel Puppet from Disneyland Paris. Uh, first of all, let's go around the table. Gavin, your initial thoughts when you first saw that video. Uh, hugely impressed. I think that's what they need to do more of with their in-park characters. Because I don't think the costumes always work I think actually more often than not they don't work and this actually puts them like in a more proportional size to what the character would be and it's a little more believable and yeah I'm all for it Melissa? I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And like Gavin said, you know, bring other characters that they can bring into this. Um, I was impressed. I, I love I loved seeing Miguel. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I love that Coco's getting a lot of love. Um, Biggest movie in um, Mexico's history? Like, yeah. Breaking records. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I can't Highest wait to see it. Yeah. I, I think it's well done. Sam? It... It really reminds me of how they do stuff on Broadway, like the yeah. Timon or like Beauty and the Beast. Well, or like Olaf in the new Frozen show. Yeah. It, yeah. It's definitely like, it's their go-to Broadway character when they can't really squeeze someone or don't want to make a costume out of it. But, I don't know, I just, 
I'm not sold on it as a walk-around character, but I think for a show it's ideal. It's definitely impressive. But, I don't know, say your kids want to go meet him or get an autograph. Well, I, I think it's weird for them to go hug this weird puppet that's at this guy's crotch. <laughs> I, I will agree with that. Uh, but I don't think he's really meant to be hugged. That's the thing. that uh, well, I think, got a guitar. So yeah, first he did have the guitar. And uh, <laughs> it almost looks like, I, I could be wrong, but I felt like when I was watching that video that a child approaches him trying to hug him and the puppeteer takes a step back and he kind of tells him, please don't do that. You know, so I don't think they are meant to be hugged. I think they're just meant to be admired, maybe take a picture with. Well, maybe uh, that should be a face part. Like, it's a, it's not a puppet. It's, it's an actor. But I mean, I, you get a 12-year-old kid? Yeah, exactly. When they've done Mowgli or when they've done younger face part, like Alice Wonderland, they can find that younger yeah, person. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, but it never it never seems young enough. Like, <laughs> Alice and Peter Pan walking around, I'm just like, no. You yeah. can't believe it. Yeah, I guess so. This needs a pixie dust. But yeah. it's not just magical for the kids, right? It's magical right. for the adults as well. Right. All I know is I want to see that damn movie. It looks amazing. I know. I think it. I think it's going to have, like, up level of feels. Yeah. Like it's, first of all, when, when I... Okay, it's about Dia de los Muertos. So it's going to deal with death. Right. And then... Um, and this might be a spoiler, too, but I mean... They have, like, that creepy area at California Adventure, and they kind of show, like, the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you see, like, Coco's great-great-great-grandma or something. Or, no, great-great-grandma. And then you realize her name's Coco. You're like, it's about death. Like, you're going to get the feels yeah. bad in this movie. But <laughs> it's, it looks amazing. It's gorgeous. I kind of wish, with the music being so good, it kind of screams like they should have done a parade for it. Have you seen the little show, though, that they do at Well, I saw the, the Divas one, but that, that got discontinued already. They're doing a different one now. Yeah, the one where the guy comes out and he sings all the yeah, it's awesome. songs. It's so good. But it only ran for like a month, right? Well, yeah, it was part of the it was, it was part, part of the festival. Coco area yeah, when yeah. they were when they overlaid it for Halloween. Yeah, that really could have stayed till like I agree. Saints yeah. Day. Or so Saints Day, yeah. I, I think if they had continued it through the festival of holidays. I don't think anybody would have complained. I think it would have fit right in, especially considering the movie's right about to come out. And just yeah. not just that, it's just the culture. Yeah. It fits. It, it does. Fits. Well, that show in itself just kicked up my interest in the movie like to another level. Like I was always really interested in it, but then when I heard that music and I kind of heard more of the story... Man, I am dying to see that. It's gonna be good. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I think we should call it a wrap. Gavin has to fly home in uh, just a few hours. Yeah, <laughs> we should go pay for our food yeah, and then go get some rest. So, uh, final thoughts on the show. A lot Everybody of fun. Everybody was there. Yeah, good fun. No one yelled good at me. People. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a success. Yeah. I had a blast. Well, it's first time at the gallery it, it was fun yeah uh, I think I mentioned this to you earlier Sam that you know I've been to a lot of the shows that Popzilla has put on and I think before tonight the Tim Burton show was my favorite one there was some amazing art at the Tim Burton show but you know maybe I'm a little biased because I'm such a huge Haunted Mansion fan but man this just took the title of good. like my favorite the Popzilla favorite show yeah wow that's, yeah. that's a bold statement we, we hold Burton pretty up there with being like one of our best shows but it's a fun theme that the, the, the best shows that we do have like a theme that's an umbrella where you can do a lot of different things within mm-hmm. it 
um, like for example, this show, a lot of people did the stretching portrait of the ballerina over the yeah, or the hatbox ghost. Yeah, there was a lot of hatbox ghost stuff. Even though my print didn't make it up on the door. <laughs> we to do that. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a blast, and I'll be hurting tomorrow, but. I think I'll soak it all in. It was a really good job. Cool. Uh, I, one suggestion, I think Gavin said that it would be great if all of the artists wore name tags. Well, we gotta we got to figure out a way in the future to have, like, an artist signing table and then know, like, okay, who's going to be there? What artists will be there? Right. Like? And then you kind of say, hey, from... 6 to 6.30, it's this artist. From 6.30 to 7, it's this artist or whatever. And you keep kind of like, so you know, but like, maybe a credential. Something, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I wanted to meet everybody that did art, and I know that a bunch of them were there, but I don't know what they all look like I don't even know what they all look like. Yeah. Like, I I begged them to come up and like, hey, introduce, because I know emails. Yeah. And, And I know art, but I don't know... Who they look, who they are, and sometimes they'll come up or they'll buy something, but they won't say, "Hey, I'm an artist in the show." It's like, oh. right, right. and from a photographer standpoint, you know, I always want to get as many photos, like for myself and for documentation purposes, like the artist with the piece that they well, submitted to the show. Think about it, there's 60 artists in the show. I know. It's this. And this is the show that's like had the most artists tonight. to date, right? Well, at Pop Comics. Oh, okay. Some, I think Burton might have had like 80 artists. Oh, and like really? 150 pieces, yeah. This had about 85 pieces and about 60 artists. Yeah, but Art House was so much bigger, though. Or, uh, um, I keep calling it Art House. Art House, yeah. Uh, Art House, yeah. Rothen, yeah. Uh, uh, it was such a bigger venue, and it, it, it had a lot more space available than Pop Comics. Yeah. So, I, I think this was a great show. I, I, I just can't even stop. The, the 3D pieces, the Madame Leota... The pieces by Kevin and Jody were just... You walked in, and if you're a Haunted Mansion fan, all I all I could remember thinking was, why don't I have an unlimited supply of money and a giant wall to put all of this up? Right. And then everyone dressed up. That was an awesome... Like, yeah. That, that helped the mood. And that usually happens, too. Uh, at each one of the shows, there's always people that dress up. Oh, yeah. You know, Poppins uh, had probably the best dress-up. Yes. Like, I, I will agree. So much poppins. But yeah, there are some serious costumes with this one. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to try to post some photos of the event on my personal blog. Uh, I'll make sure to post it on my Instagram account. Uh, I'll throw it in an Instagram story so you guys can go check it out if you guys are interested. Thanks for documenting, man. Of Good course, job. man. Of course. All right, well, before we wrap up the episode, I want to remind you guys that Podcateers is brought to you by listeners just like you guys. We like to call those listeners our fairy godparents, and for as little as $1 a month, you can help support the podcast via Patreon. Just head over to patreon.com slash podcateers, or go to podcateers.com and click on the Patreon logo. There you'll find all of the information so that you can sign up. If you sign up for at least a $5 a month contribution, you get the exclusive fairy godparent button. And if you head over to podcateers.com slash FGP, you will now see a list of our fairy godparents listed, along with a small thank you and uh, some information on how you can become a fairy godparent as well. If you want to help support us in a slightly different way, you can always use our Amazon link. Just head on over to podcateers.com slash Amazon. 
right before you make your next purchase and click on the big Amazon button. That'll take you to Amazon and we get a small commission from anything that you purchase during that trip. And to everyone that's doing that, we just want to say thank you guys. Uh, it is super late. I hope that I am making sense while I am saying all of this because I feel like I'm kind of falling asleep. <laughs> Uh, so I think we're going to wrap up the podcast right there. You guys have a check now, right? We have a check. Oh, we have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. Thank, you. Thank you. All right, guys. Before we wrap up, uh, everybody, roundtable, please tell everybody where they can find you on the social networks. Gavin. On Instagram and Twitter, at Gavin Audison Art. On the web, GavinAudisonArt.com. Melissa? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I'm the Odd Mouse Shop, as well on Etsy. And um, my personal Instagram is uh, Cartoon Disney Doll. This is Sam. I'm Cartar Sauce on Instagram and Twitter, and Sam Carter Art on Facebook, and SamCarterArt.com. So all of the links to everything that was just mentioned will be in the blog post for the episode. Just make sure that you head on over to podcasters.com slash 179. Uh, so I think that's going to wrap it up, guys. Until next week, here's the beer shiz and big ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>